It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. What have you done to it? What have you done to its eyes? He has his father's eyes. Tocophobia is known as the morbid fear of childbirth in a woman, and if Hollywood is any indication, should be exploited at all costs. Exploited by mutant babies, zombie babies, bloodthirsty babies, devil babies, robot babies, and even babies that are sacrificed. If you are a woman, a man, a child, or any type of mammal, you may want to skip this one. Even I'm grossed out, and I wrote the damn thing. But if you're still here, get ready for the mother of all parenting podcasts, A History of Bad Babies in Film. This is Slums of Film History, a lowbrow look into the high art of cinema. Every episode is an in-depth look into a niche topic of film that is not normally discussed in polite company. I'm Slate. And I'm Tom. In each episode, each one of us researches our respective topic, writes an episode, and then schools the other. We discuss everything from bodily fluids to TNA to exploding heads. If there's a film subject that's too taboo, we haven't found it yet. Welcome. Hi, Tom. Hey, Slate. So I was a little worried about the cold open in this one just because I thought maybe it's not as nasty as I think it is. Maybe this isn't that gross. I bet it's it's gross. I think it's gross. I feel like when I finished it, I was like, this is disgusting. <laughs> and it's hard to gross me out. Right. So and even when we did um, kind of the first two, Cannibalism and Snuff, people were like, "Those that's that's heavy. Those are right. heavy things. And one of my friends told me she had to turn cannibalism off because it was too gross for her too early in the morning. Which means success as far oh, as I was like, was that's a winner then. Yeah. I count that as a winner. Yeah, that's a solid win. I don't know anything about this topic. I haven't read anything you've done. So I'm mm-hmm. really excited to see what kind of nasty shit you can present today. Okay. Well, let me first start by saying that we're only talking about babies today. We're not talking about kids. Okay. Okay. So no Damien's or Bad Seeds or Linda Blair. Okay. Just like straight up babies. There's a little crossover. Cronenberg's The Brood has children in it, murderous children. That's most of the movie. But all I'm going to talk about is the very controversial scene where Samantha Egger gives birth. Oh, and I know the scene, so I can't wait to hear you describe it in detail. And that gives us the chance to really dive into babies for today and then save kids for a later episode, which I'm going to do called Kids That Kill. Oh, that's good. That's a nice follow-up for you. Okay. I want to start by talking about the psychology behind gross baby movies. Okay. Because the fear of babies and what you could be cooking up in there is is like real. It's like a real thing. Right. It's a real fear. I'm going to tell you some stuff about tocophobia, which is the fear of pregnancy and childbirth. Okay. I'm not going to talk about any situations that lead to like miscarriage or stillbirth because that's kind of like upsetting i do want to talk about freak conditions that a baby can be born with okay so a few of the conditions the first one is called diprosopus okay it's when a baby is born with two faces 
Oh, so it yeah, almost yeah. looks like the, there's like a carbon copy of the baby's face I've on seen the other side. Of yeah. It's creepy, yeah. It's not it's a it's a birth defect though. Yeah. It's it's not like a conjoined twin. It's gotcha. a birth defect. And, okay. and babies that with diaper sopas usually don't survive much past birth. Then there's ambrous syndrome where the baby is fully covered in hair. Wow. There's sirenomelia where the baby is born with fused limbs. So it looks like it has a mermaid tail kind of. It's like fused legs together. Okay, I've, okay. I've seen that one. I mean, not in person, but yeah. Cyclopia. Okay. One eye. One eye. Craniopagus parasitis, which is where a baby is born with two heads, where the second is actually that of a fused parasitic twin. Right. And then there's fetus and fetu, which is the parasitic twin lives in the stomach of the baby and then feeds off of its nutrients. And then there's the vestigial tail. The vestigial tail is one of the most fabled things that has surfaced in almost every culture, most notably in America in the legend of the devil baby of Hull House. Allegedly, a baby was born at the turn of the century in Chicago with pointed ears, horns, scales, and a vestigial tail. Really? So it's no wonder that women in every culture could have the fear that their unborn baby was covered in hair, had one eye, or worse, was the devil. Right. You know where I'm headed with this? Of course I know where I'm headed Ira Levin got the idea to write a horror book in 1964 after one of his other projects had bombed. He thought that the scariest part of a horror story was before any of the horror actually started, and he decided that if he used a pregnant woman, then he'd have nine months to unfold horror. Okay. There was already a book about a mother who had a brood of alien children that was called The Midwitch Cuckoos that would later be Village of the Damned when they, you know, made it into a movie. So he was stuck with the devil. He wrote Rosemary's Baby as a version of the Immaculate conception, whereas Guy and Rosemary were a modern-day Manhattan, Mary and Joseph. But their baby wasn't Jesus, of course. Did you know that Rosemary's Baby is my number one film of all time? I never I never suspected that. Even the 50 times you told me it was your number one <laughs> film of all time, I had no idea. Well, I actually didn't know a lot of this background to Rosemary's Baby, even though it's my favorite movie of all time. So right. let me geek out on this a little bit. Please. <clears throat> William Castle actually bought the rights to Rosemary's Baby and wanted to direct it. William Castle, who we talked about, I know, is I the... can only imagine what that would have been. Right. But Paramount Studio head Robert Evans had something completely different in mind. Sure. William Castle, who we, we've talked about a little bit, but you know, right. he was a schlock director. He made oh, Homicidal, yeah. The Tingler, House on Haunted Hill. And Evans saw a, a certain high culture nature to the story. Right. In the special features of the Criterion DVD, Evans said it was too good for William Castle. And he's he's definitely right. I mean, the screenplay was better than William Castle. But I, I, I think it's interesting. I feel like William Castle would have made a very different film. But sure. also a probably very good film as well in just a completely different way. I think the reason why Polanski made a great film out of this uh, among other reasons, is because of the fact that it was such a mundane set. He'd done other movies that dealt with mundane, average settings, but with fucked up shit happening underneath. He was good at that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what he brought to it. Yeah. But anyway, so with William Castle, uh, Robert Evans let him produce it. And of course, that was hugely successful for William Castle. Oh, yeah, it no kind shit. of gave him a little bit of justification as a, as a you know more mainstream producer. And he actually even had a cameo in the movie as well. He plays the guy that's trying to get in the film booth when Rosemary is freaking out. Oh, cool. But for a director, Robert Evans chose Roman Polanski, and Polanski chose Mia Farrow, even though she was nowhere close to the Rosemary that Ira Levin created. Right. And Roman and Mia hit it off from the start. 
They were both really unconventional choices for the film. Roman had never directed a film in America. Mia had never had a leading role. So here's the story, if you haven't seen it, Rosemary and Guy Woodhouse move into an upscale apartment building that has a history of possible witchcraft. And then they start to notice strange things happening. It's It seems kind of like it's going to be a haunted house movie, but then it starts to head in a completely different direction. Right. It turns into a paranoia film. Yeah. And that was similar to Polanski's previous film, Repulsion, which is also a classic. Yeah. Rosemary becomes convinced that the tenants in the building are attempting to steal her unborn baby and sacrifice it to the devil. She gives birth, but the baby disappears. Upon breaking into the neighbor's apartment, she sees that the baby is fine. It's just a little unconventional. A little different. Boiler alert. He has his father's eyes. So they weren't sacrificing the baby to the devil. That was not the plan. The baby was the devil. Or rather, it was the... The Antichrist. Yeah, it was the the spawn of the devil. What have you done to him, you maniac? Satan is his father, not Guy. He came up from hell and begat a son of mortal woman. Hail Satan! Hail Satan! Satan is his father, and his name is Adrian. He shall overthrow the mighty and lay waste their temples. He shall redeem the despised and wreak vengeance in the name of the burned and the tortured. Hail Adrian! Hail Hail Satan! Hail Satan! She finds out minutes before the end of the film, and in the last scene, she rocks the cradle with just this quiet smile on her face. It's the devil's child, but it's hers as well. If anybody who's listening to this hasn't seen this movie, you you need to go watch it right now. I'd be interested in knowing whether people, whether when you actually see it, do you know by the end of it that Rosemary is wrong? Or was that a twist ending at the time? Oh, you mean when people originally saw it? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the hype was. I don't know what the original trailers were. I don't know what was given away. I feel like maybe you weren't supposed to know. I feel like not everyone knew what was going to happen. Well, anyway, I I I mean, there's hints throughout the whole movie, and because her behavior starts getting really fucked up. Right. You know, they're right. You're right. It's not just what's happening around her. There's something wrong with her too. Right. And she that feeds off that whole fear that something wrong with my baby kind of thing. But she's it affects her behavior and she starts having really weird behavior too because she's pregnant with this child. Yeah. Anyway, the reviews were glowing. Even people who read the book and knew the ending loved it. For them, and I'm kind of paraphrasing Roger Ebert's review, it wasn't just the suspense or the kind of shock ending. It was the inability to help Rosemary, which made viewers so crazy. Right. So they wanted to scream out to her. They wanted to let her know that, you know, that this thing was happening and there was nothing they could do to help her yeah and that was one of the really great draws for the film devil babies went on to be a pretty big business yeah rosemary's baby inspired many 1970s devil films like daughters of satan and the oh, omen yeah. along with all of their remakes and sequels yeah and in its references like i looked at the imdb page of reference it's like 40 billion pages long because just so many films have talked about rosemary's baby or referenced it in some way but two, huge influence yeah but two that i didn't really notice uh was children of men which was an apocalyptic baby drama I called yeah. it and hell on earth comedies like this is the end which I had totally forgotten about the reference in that yeah huh so considering that this is probably the most famous bad baby of all time you never actually see the baby in Rosemary's baby only Rosemary with the devil's eyes briefly superimposed over his reaction it lasts only a second and then Polanski lets the viewer do the math which I thought was great I mean that was one of my favorite parts because nothing that you could see on screen at that time would be as bad as what you were imagining in your head and because of that the movie still holds up if it was a shitty 
special effects back in the it would look late very 60s, hokey, and it would and, and we'd be it like would ruin disappointed. Yeah. Right. In 1973, the Supreme Court passed Roe versus Wade, which gave women the right to have a safe legal abortion. Mm-hmm. Hollywood reacted in a variety of ways, but for the purposes of bad babies, we'll start with the horror slash black comedy "It's Alive" in oh, 1974. Oh, <laughs> Oh goodness. The tagline: "There's only one thing wrong with the Davis baby." It's alive. It's pretty great. And the trailer is really great. It is. Yeah, yeah. It's alive. So the plot, a woman wakes her husband in the middle of the night and they go to the hospital calmly for her to deliver the baby. But there's something wrong. Her husband rushes into the delivery room. They couldn't be back in there at that time, which I think is so funny. That is funny. And everyone except the mother is dead. The baby's gone. We start to see what the baby looks like. It has fangs and claws. It's a fucking monster. It's a monster (laughs) baby. It's a monster baby. It goes on a bloody rampage. It attacks people, kills people. That's great. What's really interesting, though, is so like the press are hounding the couple and trying to you know they they say their names who this the couple is or whatever and a pharmaceutical representative like finds them and is like and the whole beeline plot to the movie is that she took she was on the pill then she took fertility drugs before she got pregnant and that's what made all of this oh, happen wow. so science gone wrong made this baby so it's just really interesting because it was like they added but they like added it on there i think a lot of it had to do with like roe versus wade and just fertility drugs and like taking drugs and people messing with you know messing with fertility and okay now i'm thinking this movie's better than it probably is but because it's pretty bad but considering now you can go in and you know there's things you can identify birth defects and even change mm-hmm. some of them fertility drugs are really big you know and infertility clinics and and things like that right that i mean it, that's a very timely topic now yeah, absolutely. 40 years later well they remade it's alive it spawned two sequels oh yeah uh, spawned <laughs> huh, cute um well and done. it was remade in 2007 but it got terrible reviews well yeah uh, i did note that it's alive 3 had karen black in it but oh nice um, the one thing that I did want to say was that It's Alive is like such a great example of the perfect way to do an exploitation film, which right. is take something that's topical, so in this case Roe versus Wade, and combine it with a successful movie that's already proved to make money at the box office, Rosemary's Baby, and then watch the money roll in. Right, and know? it did. It made some good money, didn't it? Yeah. I think it did all right. I, I watched it. I actually watched it twice. I I d- didn't really care for it. It's just not my type of thing, you wow. know? But it certainly had some really, it made some interesting points to look back at at the time. Did you see any of the sequels? I have all three. Mm-hmm. I like actually, I don't know how. Oh, I got that's this right. Movie. I remember. I, no, I didn't watch the sequels. Island of the Alive is the third. I don't know what that's about. There's an island of I, I read about it. Yeah. So, they like, how, what's the, okay, I've seen a picture of the baby effect. And it looks pretty laughable. Is it pretty bad? Yeah, but I mean, it's still, it's still like a monstrous baby. Like when you look at a baby, a baby is supposed to be cute and adorable. And this thing has fangs and it eats people. It's upset. It's. I mean, it's not upsetting, but it's just like. Well, the trailer was probably the most effective part because he cries all fucked up, and I think it shows its hand and it's like a claw. Yeah. But it's in a baby carriage. All Mm -hmm. you see is the carriage. So I mean, it's effective marketing. They gun it down at the end too. Oh, I forgot about that. (laughs) Spoiler for in case you wanted to see it's alive. I'm moving on. (laughs) A lot of shitty demon hell Satan movies would come out in the 70s after the success of The Exorcist in 1973. Uh I just wanted to throw out this one. It was. 
terrible Joan Collins movie called The Devil Inside Her. This might be one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Wow, it's, Joan, and we talk about Joan Collins yeah. in uh, Exploitation. So I feel like we could do an episode on Joan Collins just because <laughs> I feel like everything she did was terrible. All right, there you go. Um, but she gets a curse put on her from a midget, and <laughs> then... You had me there. Like, you didn't know to, you need to go further, but all right, go on. Then Sorry. she had a baby, and it keeps biting and, like, trying to drown people. I mean, it does, the baby does actually kill people. Cool. Joan Collins at the end performs an exorcism on the baby. I say exorcism, but Joan Collins kind of, like, holds up a cross to the baby's forehead and yells at it. And then the midget, who is, like, at a different scene, like, Dwarf. at the same time... Oh. Is like, like convulsing or whatever. And the midget dies. Like this exorcism kills the midget, even though they're like not even in like the same city. So what happened to the baby? It was fine because Joan Collins, I guess, is like a registered exorcism. I mean, she's not, but like, it's terrible. It's a British film. It's awful. You made me 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 want to see it now. I know it's terrible. So I was like, okay, even though this is terrible, I'm going to tell you about it. And Joan Collins' terrible performance was, I think it actually might have helped the movie a little bit just because it's so bad that it ends up being a little bit good. The movie was trashed by the critics. It's got a little bit of cult status now. So anyway, in case you want to punish yourself. We watch these movies, folks, so you don't have to. We do it for you guys. Okay. The most notorious gross baby was created by David Lynch and his midnight masterpiece Eraserhead in 1977. 1977's Eraserhead. Oh, you are sick. Do you remember the baby? It's fucked. It looks like a fist. It's a fist in a baby carriage. It's a slimy fist in a baby carriage. That's what this fucking thing looks like. Is that accurate? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm pulling up a picture to show you just in oh, case God. you didn't. Okay, so this okay. was ah, the baby. Yeah, it's horrible. It has a fist <laughs> for a fucking head, and it's wrapped in gauze and has a fist head. <laughs> fist head. Int- I had not thought of that myself. Right. That's your interpretation of it. E.T. E- right. e. had a back alley abortion, and this it's the racer head baby. <laughs> A little history behind Eraserhead uh, before we talk about the baby. Okay. David Lynch was in the American Film Institute Center for Advanced Film Studies on scholarship when he came up with the idea for Eraserhead. AFI funded it in part, but it took years to film and then another year just for the sound design. Okay. When it was done, it was released at the 1977 Filmex Film Festival in LA to tepid audiences. Well, I imagine. Variety called it unwatchable, and the New York Times said it was pretentious, hmm. which is pretty odd for a film that now has 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. Time was kind of yeah. Eraserhead. Well, and I re- as it turns out, Eraserhead just needed to find an audience. Yeah. The Waverly Theater in New York City, now the IFC Theater, played it for almost 100 weeks at midnight. Wow. In fact, Eraserhead was one of the top grossing of the so-called midnight movies, along with Jodorowsky's El Topo, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and Pink Flamingos. Right. Eraserhead went on to gross over $8 million at the box office, which is astronomical when you consider it was a student art film shot in black and white with no celebrities, no actual sync sound, and by a virtually unknown director. Right. 
It's now considered a classic now by virtually every film critic in the world. Yeah. But let's talk about that baby. That fucking baby, man. It's horrible. It's it's upsetting. Yeah, it's really yeah. Those scenes are upsetting because again, similar to like in Rosemary's Baby, where you're where you want to do something to help, there's nothing you can do. Right. And this baby is fucked up and is not a human being. And this poor guy is just like, Ooh, he's like, what am I gonna do with my fist do? baby? Why is my baby a fist? Right. So the really odd part about the eraser head baby is that David Lynch won't tell anybody what the baby actually was. Sheep. I wrote sheep fetus skinned rabbit cow fetus was this a real biological thing that he used as a baby no one knows and like even the projectionist who screened the dailies was blindfolded so he wouldn't so he wouldn't see how they were maneuvering it okay david lynch will not speak about it he won't answer we know this is what we know about it the prop had several working parts so its neck eyes and mouth all worked individually on their own meaning it wasn't somebody just wasn't underneath the table moving its head back and forth it had it was like a it was like a working puppet of some type but no one knows or may ever know how they made such a really unsettling terrifying prop and I just kind of wrote that that would never be done now. No. Because they would CGI the fuck out of that. Right. And it would just be a CGI thing. And I feel like that's sad. It would it would look CGI. It would look like, you know, um, Yoda's deformed child. And it, would, it wouldn't work. Yeah. I think he took some type of... He said he buried it at the end. So I think he took some type of skull, some type of remains of, a t- of an animal... F- carcass or fetus and then covered it over with some skin or something like that i mean it's the only thing i can think of and because it took so long to film a racer head it couldn't actually be combustible com, com, non-com it couldn't be a, a an animal because right. it would have rotted over the three years that it took him to make the movie so, so it was some nasty something yeah but i think it i think parts of that were a real animal fetus i don't know Guys, we'll put it on the website. Chances are he it was like chicken, and he was just trying to be all mysterious. But I don't know what it was. David Lynch is a nut, so it wouldn't surprise right. me. But anyway, I I love I, th- I love that baby. I feel like it's a great baby. <laughs> I feel it's my baby, my creepy fist baby. Yeah. All right, ready to move on? Uh, yeah. I In think 1977, we all are. Julie Christie starred in Demon Seed. <gasps> Demon yeah. Seed. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, I got th- I got things to talk about Demon Seed. Yeah. So that was based on the Dean Arcoons novel. Julie Christie was a huge star at this time. She had won an Oscar for Darling in 1965, and she was in some really classic 1970s films. So Don't Look Now, Shampoo, Robert Altman's McCabe and Miss Miller. In a way, she was kind of the Mia Farrow of Demon Seed. Right. And I I just want to say, unless I'm stealing your no, please. thunder, I don't. I didn't talk that much about it so it is a first in cinema ever because it features the first robotic house rape that's right she gets raped by her house her house rapes her Mm -hmm. her automated house rapes right or rather the the computer that her husband created to control the house rapes rapes her. her yeah so do you remember what happens when she gives birth to the baby um, no, what happened? Well, you don't see it. The baby's okay. born prematurely, and the house takes the baby, and it's like, I've got to keep the baby incubated. When they finally do see it, it's um, it's like a robot baby. It's like, it's it's covered in, in metal, you know, in like pieces of metal. Oh, that's metal. right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it comes out of the weird hexagonal that's right. thing. And, and they're all... horrified by yeah, it, it but like... then they realize it's very defenseless, and it's her baby. Then they go... And they peel all the metal off of it, and it's actually a normal baby inside. That was the incubation, was the metal part. Yeah, but then there's another layer. Right, go ahead. 
And then it says, and this is the ending in the movie, it says, I live, or I'm alive, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think she said, I'm alive. With this deep-ass voice. It was voice, the house's voice. voice. So the house really had actually, really was the father of the baby. Of the baby, and the yeah. baby now has is a, a, a an infant with a voice of a creepy house. Yeah, and it's like a computer baby. And then and then, and then the movie ends. Yeah. So they raise a computer baby yep. to play with, um, you know, Rosemary's kid when they yep. grow up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. David Cronenberg made one of his first films about killer kids called The Brood in 1975. Yep. The Brood is about a pack of wild midget-like children. I talk a lot about midgets. I'm going to get in trouble. And you probably shouldn't say midget. So what do I say? A dwarf might be nice. I feel like that's worse. The, it, you know what? We, they were we're ch- beyond hope now. Children. So you might as well just go through it. Th- these, chil- these dwarf children murder people that upset their alien birth mother. At one point, her former husband walks in to watch her birth one of them she has a external uterus on her body that's right it's a yeah the baby comes out and she starts to you remember this yeah but i want to hear you describe it she holds the baby up to her face and she licks the blood off of it and that became wildly controversial right and it's gross yeah the brood required cuts from film officials in the United States, Canada, and the United Kingdom, so basically everywhere. And it was the baby licking scene that they that they wanted gone. The scene wasn't actually Cronenberg's idea. It was actress Samantha Eggers. Oh, good. Good and on her. She, and she said, quote, I just thought that when cats have their kittens or dogs have puppies, and I think at the time I had about eight dogs, that they lick them as soon as they're born. And then she went lick, 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 which is disgusting. That's disgusting. And then the scene in which Cronenberg said, quote, I had a long and loving close-up of Samantha licking the fetus. When the censors cut it out, the result was that a lot of people thought she was eating her baby. And that's much worse than what I was suggesting. Right, so it's I agree. funny that like they were so offended by, you know, this licking this baby licking scene, but then when they cut it out there, it ended up being a lot worse than like, what it was suggesting. She's eating her baby. Right. Of course the DVD version has the uncut scene. It is bizarre. It's on Criterion now, right? I think the one that I had was Criterion. Yeah. yeah. I got it through the DVD Netflix. i yeah. the only living human that still has that service. Oh, good. Keep, keep, keep it alive. Keep it alive. Baby licking. <laughs> <laughs> lick, lick, lick. The 80s would have some nasty babies as well, like yes. 1981's Inseminoid. No. No? Okay. Where an Earth woman on a faraway planet is impregnated by a monster and delivers mutant baby twins. It's actually a pretty graphic birthing scene, and the babies look a lot like E.T., even though E.T. wasn't released until the following year. I am not recommending this movie because it's awful, but I will say that the mutant alien babies eating a woman at the end was satisfying. Okay. Well, at least there's one thing in there that's worthwhile. Toby Hooper's 1981 film Funhouse features a freak show where, among other things, there is a preserved freak baby in a jar. Never saw Funhouse. Mm-hmm. 1989's Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child, had dream a child. woman delivering a baby, a baby Freddy Krueger in a dream sequence that then demolished a church. Okay. I feel like that should have been a lot more offensive than it was. Hmm. <laughs> decline of those movies, you know. People We're just, desensitized. Yeah. Freddy Krueger. Okay, we've talked a lot about devil babies, monster babies, robot babies, and alien babies. Yes. But what about zombie babies? Zombabies. Mm-hmm. Zombabies? Oh, heard it here first. <laughs> heard it here first. Zombabies. zombabies. Oh, well, I know of one instance, but uh-huh. I want to hear you. Is this the one? Or is this from the remake of Dawn of the Dead? I'm going to do that one second. Before Peter Jackson was making huge blockbusters <sighs> like Lord of the Rings and King Kong, he made Dead Alive. Dead Alive. Yeah. AKA Brain Dead in 1992. Yes. Peter Jackson was a relatively new filmmaker when he made it, but it's 
it's got pretty great production value and it's pretty punchy, even though it's absolutely repulsive. Oh, it is ridiculous. Yeah, it's it is beyond repulsive. It is an, uh, insanely repulsive. Yeah. You can bleed. You can beg for mercy. But nothing you can do will stop. Because how do you kill something that's already dead? The plot, a young woman is convinced a young man she knows from work, Lionel, is her soulmate, but his controlling mother keeps the two of them apart. Then his mother is bitten by a Sumatran rat monkey and turns into a zombie. That happens. Mm -hmm. Lionel tries to keep the zombie apocalypse under wraps, but it gets pretty out of control, including what I'm saying is the entrance of the first zombie baby ever seen on screen. Okay. Lionel finds the zombie baby eating a dead rat and promptly puts it in a baby carriage with barbed wire across the top to keep it in as one does yeah with all he the then takes it to the park as one does yeah barbed wire babies uh-huh. in the park yeah i love that the baby gets out and tries to attack people so lionel of course punches it smashes its face on a swing set stomps on it etc as park goers watch in horror i mean he's just like trying to obliterate this baby <laughs> I, I forgot all about that it's scene. It's so slapsticky. I mean, the whole movie is slapsticky. It's there's so much bodily fluid, like yeah. gunk and pus, and and it has the single best use of a lawnmower in any movie ever. Mm-hmm. He doesn't end up using the lawnmower on the baby, but don't worry, I've still got many more disgusting baby things to describe. I'm excited. He ends up burying the baby alive, well, like dead alive, huh, but it shoots. Did there? But it shoots out of the ground with some other zombies and starts terrorizing a cocktail party. The baby lands in a blender and Lionel's girlfriend goes to hit the blend button, but she starts to have second thoughts because it's a baby. Um, But then the baby projectile vomits in her face. And um, so she hits the button. (laughs) It's like, it's fine. He projectile vomited in your face. You can kill him. Yeah, it's fine. Um, The baby escapes the blender and wanders off. He eventually shows back up with a human leg that he used to kick a character in the nuts. He reappears inside of a woman's head, meaning that he, like, rips open her face and, like, crawls out of her head. Okay. Lionel's girlfriend ends up torching it uh, just in time for Lionel's mother to show back up from the dead. It's a pretty great movie. Yeah, no, Dead Alive is wonderful. I mean, you could do a whole episode on that. Even though it's complete, like, the scenes are obviously used for schlock value and, and they're you know very disgusting i had to turn away for a number of scenes because there's just too much pus and fluid and bile and every bodily fluid gets a a moment in the sun in this movie yeah and i if i correct me if i'm wrong well there's so many scenes to remember that you could forget five and still remember ten more memorable things but there was uh, one scene I think where somebody's internal organs starts attacking people the internal organs are also zombies so just because like the organs spill out of someone over there the organs come alive themselves and they're spewing like fluids and farting and doing strangling people and strangling people while they're doing it it's it is such a creative gross movie yeah I agree. I agree. But it's gross. We're yeah. seeing, but fucking gross. You already mentioned it. I know you loved it. I did too. The remake of George Romero's Dawn of the Dead in 2004. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Loose plot. Zombies take over the world and some survivors barricade themselves in an abandoned shopping mall as zombies accumulate by the thousands. A pregnant woman ends up getting bitten, but her husband keeps her away from everyone else so that they won't know that she's a zombie. When she finally gives birth, she's full-blown zombie and there's a shootout that kills her husband. She dies in childbirth. 
they look at they then they check out the baby because the baby had already been born by then. Yeah, they uncover the baby and it's a zombie as well. And you know, this this is what I thought was really interesting. Like, you know, this is a zombie baby. We've just dealt with one in Dead Alive. In this one, they cut away and you hear a gunshot. You know, and in Peter Jackson's, he kicks it and punches it and smashes it up. They tr- put it in a blender or whatever, which is also upsetting. But this was a little bit more like the Rosemary's Baby treatment. It's like it's not what you see; it's what you don't see that really makes it kind of like. I mean, that was I remember seeing it in the theater and being like, "That was upsetting." Yeah, it was, was actually pretty. That, they did shooting a, good job. a baby is upsetting, right? And had they just shot it, it probably would have turned like, and you saw it. Yeah, I mean, it would have been gory, but it probably would have been a little more ridiculous. And yeah. actually, the the bit of restraint added to it it was it was nice it was a nice moment yeah right um the following year brought shadow dead riot which is a zombie movie set in a women's penitentiary one of the women gives birth to a baby which turns out to be a zombie which kills people and also bites the boob off of a woman the whole boob more on boobs later is all i'll say exciting if you haven't seen train spotting please do yourself a favor and watch it oh yeah choose life choose a job Choose a career, choose a family, choose washing machines, cars, choose DIY and wondering who the f*** you are on a Sunday morning. Choose fixed interest mortgage repayments, choose leisure wear and matching luggage, choose a three-piece suite on higher purchase and a range of f- fabrics. Choose sitting on that couch watching mind-numbing, spirit-crushing game shows, stuffing f- junk food into your mouth. Choose your friends, choose your future, choose life. If you don't know, Dan- uh, this was director Danny Boyle, who won the Oscar for Best Director in Picture for Slumdog Millionaire, and also made 28 Days Later, Steve Jobs in 127 Hours. And Trainspotting was actually the second film right, in 1996. Second film. It's the story of a heroin addict who's played by Ewan McGregor and his druggy friends in Scotland. There's so much to talk about in Trainspotting. And there is a lot yeah. of Trainspotting. But we're just here for the bad babies, and there's not one but two bad baby scenes in this. Same baby. Yeah. In the first baby scene, we hear a woman screaming. We had met her earlier in the film, and we follow to see what's wrong. Her baby's dead in the crib, and we're led to believe that it's from neglect they're heroin addicts and you know they've basically neglected this baby it's dead it's unsettling that scene is unsettling it's unsettling because I mean it's a prop baby but they made it look like what a dead baby that was there dead for like a day or two would look like yeah yeah and And it wasn't a cute baby in the first place so yeah it wasn't like it looked like a dead heroin baby yeah it was really bad yeah in the second scene, McGregor tries to detoxify himself from heroin and starts having these crazy hallucinations and diarrhea. Yeah. In one of the, his hallucinations, he sees the dead baby crawling towards him upside down on the ceiling. And the camera kind of like tracks it. It's like, a you know, we're kind of seeing the, you know, POV from the baby. And he's screaming, or the, you know, McGregor's screaming. And when it gets above him, its head spins around, a la Linda Blair from The Exorcist. And then falls on him. And then, and then it falls on him and he wakes up. It falls toward the camera, so it falls toward you. Right. So but you feel like the baby is, this dead mutant baby is like falling on you. Yeah, um, it's, it's unsettling. Too. I remember being really scary at the time. It's a little dated now. Yeah, but it, yeah, I mean, but it's still fucked up. It's fucked. The, the whole thing is fucked up. It's fucked up. Yeah, and I remember hearing, you know, from people that this was the this was the best portrayal of heroin, like in a movie that, the, especially the detoxifying yourself right. from it that that movies had ever seen. So, and that sucks that you're just trying to quit heroin and dead babies and torment dead babies you. keep chasing you around. You're trying to do something good. You're yeah. trying to keep the diarrhea all in. I had a similar thing when I was quitting smoking. Yeah, they, dead babies followed me everywhere, and I'm like, look. I just 
I, and then I got. I'm the doing pad. this for my health. Right. Yeah. So <clears throat> I'm just trying to quit smoking. Addiction's Stop tough. Following me, you dead baby. Yeah. Two films in 2009 would have pretty gross babies, but in different ways. Okay. Splice is Adrian Brody <gasps> and Sarah Polly. I like me some Splice. You liked it? I liked Splice. Convince me. I didn't love Splice, okay. but I really like. Here's why. Mm-hmm. Because it it was funny. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was dark comedy. Okay, do you remember when they had the genetically modified That's blob, the best scene in the movie. That blobs? scene is the, it makes the movie. That's hilarious. Yeah, I found it upsetting. I found it upsetting until it all spilled. Okay, do you want me to set it up? Yeah, sure. So they create basically a brand new life form, and it's this blobby thing. And I originally, it's yeah. originally these two little blobs, and they're kind of being friends. They like each other. They have these, you can they're tell like the large maggot, like larva. Larva kind of, thing, yeah. and they, they like each other right. at first. And then when they go to this exhibition to show, Show it off to this crowd of scientists. Pharmaceutical representatives. And they're like, look, we created this new life, you know, whatever. When they interact again, they don't like each other. Something changed. One of, one of their sexes changed. Okay. And then the, and then they, like, these, like, little talon things come out. And they fucking and they, attack each they other. They attack each other and blood's going everywhere. And, then and it's really gross and it's very frozen. Getting glass then, encased. But then it yeah. all spills out and gets everybody in the audience. And it was the, I'm sorry, that, that was so fucking the funny. It was, blood. It I was, was like, I was shocked by that. I, I laughed yep. just because. <laughs> that was I lo- hey, hey there you go okay all right, all right. well Touché. I laugh at, uh, at uh, of mothers abandoning their children and you and I'm laugh laughing at pharmaceutical at... reps being splashed and with maggot maggot blood maggot blood I will say so we haven't even talked about the baby so they actually get they kind of like they create a baby that turns out to be kind of like a weird like alien like animal with kangaroo kind of legs and it was, it was a bunch of different it had a tail right with a scorpion tail kind and of then thing. Adrian Brody has sex with it he does have sex with it <laughs> moving on so Grace is actually what I thought was the better bad baby film of 2009. Oh, um, yeah. It's a Grace. much quieter film. An expecting couple get in a car accident and the father and unborn baby die. The mother carries the baby until full term, but it comes back to life in her arms when she gives birth. She takes it home, but it's not normal. Flies are unusually attracted to it. It smells all weird and it won't like hold her milk. It keeps puking up the milk. Um, the only cure is blood. If you're not a fan of breast milk, which I'm not really myself, this is like not a movie for you. There is a lot of boob, boob feeding, boob milk, bloody boob, boob talk, boob eating. There's a lot. This movie is about boobs and blood. Boobs, blood, and babies. And boobs. So do you, do you see the baby? Do they ever really show it? It's all gross. The baby looks relatively normal. And I think they did that um, because in the movie, you know, this mother keeps wanting to do what she can for this baby. And so I think the baby couldn't be a monster because you'd be like, oh, get rid of that thing. Yeah, why would you keep it? But since it's the normal enough. The baby is enough. kind of like, deli- you know, is kind of a delicate, you know, a delicate, her name is Grace. She's a delicate, beautiful child that must have blood. It was an interesting kind of tension she, to it. Are we going to spoil it? The boob part? Have you seen it? No, but I heard, I've heard that. I'll spoil it. All At right. the end of the movie, every, everybody dies basically in the movie. And these two lesbians take the baby and kind of like, they steal the baby and they're like in a van. And it goes, and one of the lesbians goes into the back of the of the truck. It's like a, you know, like an 18-wheeler. Or maybe, no, it's a camper. I'm sorry, it's a camper. And she gets into the back, and she looks, and there's, like, blood all over the floor. And the other lesbian that's feeding it, like, looks up at her, and she's like, she's teething. And you look down, and half of her boob has been eaten off. Oh, it's so gross. gross. It's so oh, that's gross. disgusting. 
And it was really gross, and it was a boob. It was there. There, somebody ate a boob. Okay, half-eaten boob is really disgusting. That's disgusting. Okay, okay, I didn't like that. Okay, but but actually, I did. But then when the movie was over, I was like, I liked that ending. Right. I just don't want to watch it again. Right. Yeah, right. that's kind of gross. Okay, boobs, boobs, and babies. So okay, so Grace. Yeah. I guess I need to not watch that. Yeah. Devil's Due in 2014 was a found footage film about a young married couple who honeymoon in the Dominican Republic and get drugged at an underground party. Okay. She becomes pregnant and then all sorts of stupid shit happens. It's not good at all. Namely, because it's Rosemary's Baby filmed with video cameras, basically. But the marketing campaign for the film is what I want to talk about instead. Okay. My guess is is that everyone at 20th Century Fox knew this movie was stank from the beginning and knew that it needed like a gimmick to get people to see it. Sure. So what they did was they rigged a baby carriage with a fake zombie baby and left it alone in the streets of New York City. Wow. When people would look into the carriage, the zombie baby would pop up and scare the shit out of them. And then they did like hidden camera on them. So you would watch people be terrified of the zombie baby. Okay. Which was much more exciting than probably showing a trailer for this very, you know. Awful movie. Been there, done that movie. Huh. And the movie actually did okay at the box office probably because, you know, of this viral marketing campaign. Because zombie baby. Yeah. I work in advertising and and everybody watched that and thought it was the most brilliant, you know, marketing thing. That's funny. It's funny because in Devil's Due, you never see the baby that she gives birth to, kind of like in Rosemary's Baby. And of course, the whole marketing campaign was about this baby in a baby carriage, probably because they were like, this movie's terrible. Right. So that pretty much brings us up to date. Devil's Due is 2014. But I want to talk about some other kind kind of gross babies that aren't actually babies as well. Okay. So Basket Case in 1980 is one of my favorites. And it's about a man who travels with a basket to a seedy, terrible, hooker-infested drug mecca that we now call Times Square. Nice. He goes to visit some doctors, all of whom are mysteriously murdered right after. Hmm. We soon find out that what was in that basket was he was born... Remember back to our opening, he was born with a parasitic twin attached to him. And the doctors removed his parasitic twin and threw it in the garbage. They thought it was dead. It wasn't actually dead. He went and got it. Out of the garbage. And they've been, and and this parasitic twin has now been living in a basket, you know, and it's all more, you know, it's like, (laughs) I've seen it. It's basically a head with two arms sticking out. And it's a shitty effect, but it's It's hilarious. It's shitty, but it's so good. It's such a good movie. It's funny. And they've gone to New York to go get revenge to the doctors that have split him up because he was like, that was my parasitic twin. Like Gross he's pissed. baby revenge. Gross baby revenge, sub, a subgenre. Yeah, very good. So it wasn't really a baby, but it was at one point, so. All right, yeah. fair enough. I know that Cronenberg is your favorite, so I had to include 1986's The Fly, yes. which is a sort of remake, but a very solid remake of the 1958 version. So, of course, the scene that I'm talking about, you want to tell? Yeah. So the movie stars Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis, and Jeff Goldblum, of course, gets wrapped up with the fly DNA, becomes the fly. But she gets pregnant while he had been genetically spliced with this fly DNA, and so she she has this nightmare where she's going to give birth birth to this she has this nightmare where she ha- gives birth to a fucking maggot to a giant fucking squirming maggot. bloody maggot yeah it's disgusting it's pretty disgusting and wonderful it's great yeah and so of course then she's like oh, i gotta get an abortion and then another series of events happen mm-hmm. but uh yeah the bloody maggot is disgusting but here this is something you don't have on there Go so on. the fly 2 which is not a good movie but right. it stars uh, eric stoltz as the main character in that mm-hmm. 
she gives birth to a maggot, but inside the maggot was an actual baby, kind of like um, demon seed. Oh, yeah, yeah. It grows to be Eric Stoltz. It grows unusually fast, and then eventually they're given a medication to suppress the fly genes, but eventually he kind of becomes the fly. So, huh, yeah. interesting. It has a more of a happy ending-ish kind of thing, or at least a, a good payback type of ending. I mean, it's not a good movie, right? but it's notable for that. Yeah, so, sure. Yeah, anyway, good. I'm glad you added it. In 1990, there was a French film called Baby Blood, where a woman falls into the water and is impregnated by a parasite. It talks to her throughout the, the her pregnancy, so she can hear its voice in her head, and it kind of tells her what to do. Um, when she finally bursts it at the end of the movie, it's super disgusting. Oh, really? It's like a cross between a mosquito and a praying mantis and the alien from Alien. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, she ends up setting it free in the water, which is what it wants to do. So now we're led to believe that this thing is like living in the water. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's it's actually a decent movie. Huh. Cool. In 2009, the movie The Unborn, a woman is haunted by the ghost of one of her twins that was stillborn. So that's the first haunted baby movie. Haunted that I baby. Find. Okay. And then I I had to include this, which is kind of like some honorable mentions. And all of these are gross things that are done to babies. So they're not necessarily bad babies that are born, but they're babies that people decide to do bad things with. Uh, Ready? Okay. Yes. Okay. Maybe. So there's this movie called Anthropagus in 1980, <laughs> and it's about a killer on the loose on an island in Greece. I skipped this one in my episode on cannibalism because it just could not find any redeeming value for the movie. It's so bad. Okay. And disgusting. But I'll tell you quickly that the murderer Claus is crazy because he resorted to cannibalism on a rescue boat where he ate his wife and son. Okay. Um, after this is revealed, he rips out and eats a woman's unborn child. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. There's a scene in 1988's Hellbound Hellraiser 2. Um, where I, I love me some Hellbound. Yeah. I love both of the first two movies. So in a dream sequence, um, there's a baby. It's a baby slash baby doll that's sewing its own lips together. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that. Now i got to watch it again. This, I probably should have d- dug into this a little bit more, but the director of The Cook, The Thief, His Wife, and Her Lover, Peter Greenaway, made mm-hmm. a movie called The Baby of Macon in 1993. It was never released in America because it was just way too controversial. Okay. And at the end of this, The Baby of Macon, they break the baby apart and give it away as a piece of a kind of like religious sacrifice. So they cut this baby up and everyone takes pieces of the baby. I watched it. I was just like, whoa. Did they show it? Yeah. I mean, it's also, I, I, I just. What's the effect like? It's so weird and religious and weird. I can totally see how America was just like, no to the thank you. Right. Like, we did like, not, the world is a better place yeah. without this film. Fuck and no. Yeah. Together. <laughs> I'm moving on. Right. No, that, that, yeah, that sounds awful. In Exorcist, the beginning in 2004, there's a baby stillborn and it's covered in maggots. They find it like a few days later. That's gross. In 2007, the sequel for Wrong Turn, Wrong Turn 2, Dead End, featured an an inbred family member mutant giving birth to a deformed baby. And at the end of the movie, a man feeds it a finger. Jesus. And in a Serbian film in 2010. Oh, no. 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 Okay. You good? Yeah, I'm fine. You wanna you wanna keep talking about a Serbian film? Or are you done with no, it? No, I'm done with Serbian film. Okay. And hopefully you are too. So Here. that brings us up to date. Well, here's one thing. Okay, mm-hmm. so there was a movie and I didn't see it and I ta- I I turned you onto it, but you might not have been able to watch it. Uh, before this or find it but it's called metamorphosis and it's a foreign film and all i know is there's a woman who basically fucks a squid monster Uh uh-huh 
and then basically has a that's miscarriage right, that's right, that's right. thing in the middle of a subway tunnel. Yeah, I tried to find it online, couldn't find it anywhere. You know what's funny about that last sentence? Mm-hmm. People who don't know what we're talking about are going, what the fuck are these guys talking about right there? <laughs> what the fuck is that? Yeah. So yeah. there's a movie, and it's a foreign film, and it's called Metamorphosis. Yeah. And I guess this, and it's a notable scene where this woman fucks some squid monster. I don't know why. I don't know what it's for. It's a very bizarre movie. On the subway, right? No, no. She fucks the <laughs> squid monster at her house. Okay, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. And then, in the and privacy then, of her own and then she has gives birth slash miscarriage in the subway on the tunnel. Subway, right. Yeah, and it's supposedly just a, I don't know. It's yeah. like just insane. Yeah, I remember you telling me. I wrote it down, and then I was like looking for the movie, and I guess it just fell. I off. I don't know so anything else we'll about this movie. We'll have to check that movie. one out. If you anybody's know. seen it, please let us let us know. Tell us in gory detail. Find, tell us where we can find Every it so I can make slate watch it. it I yeah, know. it's I don't. So I don't know any more than that. Yeah. I think we horrified the fuck out of some people. I think yeah. you did. I think you did it. You know what? Do you think it was bad? Do you think that I de- that it deserves the warning at the beginning? Yes, because I, w- I think that like if you're a pre- if you're a person that's like, oh, I'm considering having a baby, th- don't listen to this. Right, that's fair. Yeah. And I think it didn't start off so disturbing, but you really brought it home in the last part. There, well, it's so funny I because when I that. first started, I was like, I'm going to write like my tribute to Rosemary's Baby, my favorite movie of all time. This is going to be so highbrow or whatever. And I was like, it's alive. Okay, fine. Or whatever. And then, and then, and I then, was just and then like, it's like Serbian fucking babies. And then I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I'm just, I'm going for it. Right. I'm and going you did. for it. Yeah. <laughs> you did. Yeah. And you, gra- you got the brass ring on this one. Okay. Good. So good. I feel like I've, it. I feel, if I feel like if I've grossed you out, then, then I've done my job. And also it's called gross babies. It's, I'm calling it bad babies. Okay, well, yeah. uh, all right. Hashtag gross babies. <laughs> it's, it's gross. Maybe I should call it gross babies. Either That's way, what it was gross. called from the original. It's but. gross. But but no, no. I learned a lot about nasty fucking babies. Uh-huh. I, I just really like to educate people and on topics that I feel important. Here's one thing. This Actually, we cover a lot of films that deal with society's fears. I talk yeah. about the homeless fears, like Chud, mm-hmm. which is not as bad as fucking babies, but right. it is a fear that was made into a horror film that was a big analogy of that. And then here you have this whole genre of gross babies, which is nothing but fear of fucking, you know, having a deformed child or Absolutely. being a parent or not knowing what to do with your kid, which is like, you know, I mean, Eraserhead, it's just a kid that, you, it's fucked up. You, you, you there's no way, there's nothing, there's there's nothing no you can do with it. And yeah. there's nothing that'll make it happy. And right. it's just, yeah. So, I mean, these really touch on fears that people have. Yep. I mean, they do it in a crazy way, but, I mean, it's still, it still, it touches something yeah. that it's inherently... Tokoharbi is a real thing. As a yeah. real thing, yeah. And, you know, every new parent has one of these fears, and they worry about what their kid is going to be, right. or how they're going to turn out. So, yeah, no, it's, it's great. Don't, and don't let it eat your titty either don't like if it starts to bite on your titty remove, remove it from it your titty for, please don't let it, it eat the titty yeah get yeah. a bottle so it can eat that right right or just give it a slab of hamburger or whatever meat i'm i hope that you all enjoyed this episode i enjoyed the hell out of this oh, episode good, and good. glad that i ate already before uh-huh. we started this yeah. so all right well that's it for bad babies we'll see you next week all right thanks, thanks for guys. thanks for stopping by Thanks for listening to Slums of Film History. You can find us on the web at slumsoffilmhistory.com where you can find links to some of the movies we talked about today, as well as Bad Movie Monday, our recommendation for the worst of the worst films every Monday night. Please, please, please fact check us. And if we left something out or got something wrong, let us know in the comment section of each week's topic. We're not professionals, just two friends that love gross movies.